All right, this is History and Hops, your podcast for drinking beer and talking about anything, anything history-related. I am one of your hosts. I'm Johnny Casino. And with me for the first time podcasting is the big M, Morgan Wallace. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> I don't know if it looked like you got caught off guard there or what, but that made me laugh. So, so the idea behind this, guys, the idea behind this is that we're going to sit here and drink beer and we're going to talk about something that's in some way ties into history. Now, it could be anything. We're leaving that free open to ourselves. Why? Because we don't care. We just want to have fun. Have you ever had that conversation where all of a sudden... You have a thought cross your mind and you're like, well, I can't really say this right now because it's completely out of context. That's not this show. Yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's no such thing as out of context. Uh, we can talk about whatever we want. If we want to, we can talk about what's going on right now in the, in the world. And then somehow with a lightest possible string tied to history if we want to. Everything is. Everything going on today is tied back somehow. Because we are only a, we in the present are only a summation of what's happened before us, so everything's tied in at some point. And now, and now, listener, I want you to I want you to to think back about what what Morgan just said. And here's the reason I want you to think back about this: if you followed me to episode one of this show, then maybe you've heard me do some other things, and you'll realize I don't use nice big words like summation. But that's why he's here. Because he is going to play the more intelligent of the two. Uh, we could always... Uh, I'm pretty good at faking it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a joke to be made there. Um, And by the way, uh, John introduced me to a new drink today. It's called beer. It's called... Well, <laughs> it's a good stout from Washington State. Yeah, so, so every episode we're going to drink a beer... Um, sometimes it'll be repeat beers depending on what's going on, but ideally, depending on how often we do this, because we're, we're, we're still locking down a schedule for this, but ideally we'll try to find something new every episode. Maybe something we haven't tried or haven't tried much, right? Cause it's out there. Uh, but this right here is from the Iron Horse Brewery in like central or Eastern Washington. Uh, it's called Quilter's Irish Death. It's one of my favorite beers ever. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's great. It's great. I think my wife would enjoy it more. Yeah. <sighs> It's weird. See, statements like that blow me away. Only like I realize women drink beer, but my wife doesn't go near it. And so that's what I'm used to on a daily basis. So it's like women drinking beer is your elusive unicorn or something like that? I wouldn't quite say that because I hang out with other people and their wives start throwing back Coors Light or something, right? But I mean, to drink something good. Well, now with the health conscious public, it's the Michelob Ultra fans, you know, that gotta watch my figure type people you know yeah so so that actually almost leads me into something i want to start talking about while you click through and and figure out your thing so every episode the goal for this point right and i'm sure this will change is to have a a loose topic right something history related or or whatever uh and being that this is the first episode and it's history and hops right so it's a not a beer show, but a show where we get to drink beer. We figured we'd tie the history into beer in some way. Um, so, how much, how much do you know about 
about the um, the the patron saints of beer. You're asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. This is a conversation <laughs> between us. Okay, this is not a rhetorical question. Okay. Well, which how far back do you want to go? You know, I, all the way you, back to the Egyptians when they magically discovered beer. If you know more than I'm that I'm expecting, you're gonna catch me way off guard, and I'm not gonna know what to say next. Dang, dang. Okay, so the from what I know, you, I think beer was discovered in Egypt in like an oat pile that had some yeast and waterfall onto it, and they magically drank it. Probably because there's nothing else to drink in Egypt, and probably they they looked at it like, ah, Johnny ain't acting right. <laughs> well, okay, but here's the thing: like when it when it comes to beer. Um, like a lot of times it was actually used as a health thing, which is why you were talking about, you mentioned health purposes earlier with Michelob, which can't jump behind, but it, 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 to some extent it was a healthy thing. Well, it was the only clean thing you could drink at the time. Yeah. You know, if you drank the water, you died. But here's the funny thing. Do you, and I, and, and okay. So let's be honest. Let's be honest listeners. Um, we are not historians. And the information we have, we're getting from other people who may or may not be lying to us in one form or another. But our our goal is not to be necessarily teaching from the pulpit here. We're just having two guys having a conversation about a subject that you would have on a back porch drinking a beer. There you go. A good one, though. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so th- what's interesting that I found is that Yes, beer was the safer alternative to water, right? But people didn't realize why. And what it boiled down to, literally boiled down to, was the fact that you're boiling, when you make beer, right, you boil the water and that gets rid of the things that are in there that are going to kill you. And so it's safer because you're boiling it, but they didn't realize that. they just like, oh, here's an alternative. It seems to be safer. We will drink that. Right, right. So same thing with I want to say like like rum on on like old pirate ships. I'm sure it's like sailing ships, not just pirates drink rum. <laughs> yeah, I mean the alcohol content, if it's high enough, I would assume is an antibacterial, you know. But I don't know that for a fact. I mean, so so being okay. So I, I make beer, right? Whenever we take our break in a little bit, we'll go fill up our mugs. Which, by the way, I don't know if we will ever do this as a video show or not. But every episode, my goal is to drink out of beer mugs until we get actual beer steins. Yes, steins. Stein. Oh, God. There's some beautiful... It, there, there's a place near us called the Beer... Um, King's Beer Garden. Here's King's Beer Garden. Have you seen those steins? Yes. And they require you to put a $75 deposit on them just in case you enjoy yourself a little too much. Well, but you can just buy them. There's ones you can buy for like 50 or 60 bucks that are really nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. I haven't seen those then. Yeah. When you walk in, they're on the wall, like it, like where you're greeted to go into the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So this restaurant, it's a German restaurant opened by a dude like from Austria. 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 Yeah. And he's, he, he's Hans. His name is Hans, guys. Dude. Yeah. And he is straight up Austria. Like he is like. He's, he's so Austrian. He's drunk all the time. And hilarious. Yes. He is so funny. And they have, you know, the, the, the polka bands and stuff that show up there. It's such a good time. Um, but anyway, I don't remember where I was going. I don't remember where I was at. 
you just really wanted to highlight a beer establishment that was near you, I think. Yeah, and you know, something else we've we've actually we we loosely talked about was um trying to do this show every once in a while from a beer establishment. I hope we can do that. We'll have to get more refined, more developed, I think, for that one. I mean, what we gotta do is be like, hey, have mind good, if I sit over here and record and they'll it, be like, sure, buy some beer. And we're like, well that was the plan. <laughs> yeah, for all we know that could be that could that could work. Well anyway, today I think we were gonna celebrate the beer drinking establishment of our founding fathers. Yes. Specifically though, because I, I threw it I'm throwing you a curveball here. Mm-hmm. Just famous things about beer in history. Because I wanted to go into the Founding Fathers and I realized that there wasn't as much to dive into as I hoped. So I went a little bit further back. And I will be bringing that up. But let's start with our Founding Fathers. And we'll go backwards from there. And we'll go backwards. Because we got to get in this patron saint thing. I found some stuff that I didn't know. Yeah, the Abbey Monks. Oh, dude. Yeah, if you want to get into that. Oh, man. One of the best beers I ever had. So, so if you don't, have you ever had like a, a true Trappist beer? No, I haven't. Okay, so Trappist beers, right? You can have a Trappist style beer, but a real Trappist beer has to be brewed at a Trappist monastery, mm. under, either by or under the supervision of monks, and only sold in enough quantity to help support the needs of the, of the monastery. Right, they cannot sell for profit, right? Exactly. So there's this one out there, and I cannot remember what it's called right now. I have the the beer bottle top downstairs because I stole it from my brother-in-law. Um, and there's one in Belgium, which is where 90% of them are. I think there's, there's actually one in like Utah. It's like the only one in the U.S. Um, but but it's like the one to get, like the top beer ever. And I was worried because my brother-in-law had this. He had he had a few bottles. And I was worried to me one of those beers where you're like, you know, it's got a lot of hype because it's hard to get. Yeah, and you it's have a to, gimmick, you know. Yeah. I mean, literally, to get this beer, you have to show up there in the morning and get your ration. Like your six-pack ration is what it is, right? This is one of the best beers I've ever had in my life, man. It was so good. And I, oh, my first European vacation. A buddy of mine in San Antonio, uh, he, he got one of the, I can't remember which one, but he got one from Europe. And uh, he was supposed to share some with me. I never got to drop that stuff. <laughs> so uh, that probably points to the quality of the beer that they're serving over there and making. But um, beer making is probably one, of, amazingly, is probably one of the most complicated forms of chemical chemical development that humans originally had no idea about. They didn't know what they were doing. Didn't know. Oh, it's all an accident. Yeah, it was all an accident. But now it's a, like a highly refined science, you know. And so, well, hold on a second. Let's 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 be precise here. It can be a highly refined science. I personally use a computer program that will tell me what my output of alcohol um, and like hoppiness in sure. theory will be, and then I go out like the slob I am and I make it <laughs> right. Tear up the res- tear up the uh, directions. Say, ah, we'll do it. By no, your- no, I follow the directions. But if you look at my setup, there's nothing scientific about a couple <laughs> coolers and a pump. There you go, and a uh, baby thermometer for temperature checks. Uh, I use a meat thermometer. Oh, I don't oh, use that sorry. anal thermometer. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, I want my <laughs> beer to taste like poo. <laughs> okay, so founding fathers. 
All right, so apparently George Washington wasn't just into whiskey. Everybody knows Mount Vernon was it was a, at one point the largest whiskey distillery in the United States. Uh, but he drank Madeira. I'm not sure if you know what Madeira is. I don't. It is a it's it's kind of a wine or it is a wine, uh, but it's like like a stronger wine, I would say. You know? Like a barley wine? Do you know what a barley wine is? Mm. It's kind of like a beer wine super strong thing. Right? Like right. That, I mean, by the way, solid description on my part. Put it this way. This is more along the lines of... Typically, it's typically used for cooking. Oh. <laughs> it's that kind of wine. Okay. And apparently, he would drink a bottle a night. <laughs> No, no. Does it say anywhere how big the bottle is? Oh no, no, no. Never said. Yeah, obviously, you know, if it's like a seven ounce baby bud size bottle, you know. And does anything say on there what the alcohol content of that would be? Typical alcohol content of a Madeira. How do you spell Madeira? Uh, M A D E I R A. See, people. I could read and spell at the same time. Apparently, Madeira is a, an island. Yeah, it's a of, region of Portugal. Off of port, it's an island off of Portugal, or it was controlled by the Portuguese. Okay, so let me see here if this says what the uh, alcohol content is, because here's the thing, right? Not too long ago, um, I wanted some wine. And by the way, if anyone who's listening to this has a Costco, not a Costco, has a Trader Joe's near them. Go buy yourself a a case of two buck chuck. For $24, you can get 12 full-size bottles of wine that's decent quality. I don't know if you've ever had two buck chuck before. I have not. But anyway, so I wanted I wanted um some wine, and my wife my wife picked me up a cheap bottle, right? Because I mean I'm no wine enthusiast. And I was talking to my buddy Dave. And I was drinking wine, and the next day we did a show, and I let him know that I drank the whole bottle of wine that night. And he seemed to think this was a problem. <laughs> like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, I drink, but I don't get drunk. Like, that's, I, it's sure. very rare that I get drunk. Drinking is an enjoyment for me as well. Not, it's not, drinking is not the highway to the goal of being drunk, you know. Drinking is the goal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's enjoyment of what it is you're consuming. Yes. So I consumed a full bottle. And I mean, I, I'm sure I had a little bit of a buzz, maybe. I mean, not, not much. Um, and, and, and whoever's drinking a full bottle of wine, if you don't drink enough water in that process, you don't feel great the next morning. No, you do not. Uh, but, but I mean, okay. But I mean, it's not a problem to drink a full bottle of wine. Now, let's see about this, though. Um, uh, does anything on here actually say... I don't, I'm not seeing anything on here that will actually tell us what the alcohol content is. It's probably standard wines, but um, it looks like it was used mainly as pre-dinner drink and post-dinner drink. Well, but in that case, it's probably not that bad. Like, if you drink right. a bottle that a night... And don't get me sure. wrong, like, people back then probably had a sure. decent uh, alcohol tolerance. Oh, man. Did they? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Did they? That's, but, my but, that's my next T-shirt. I'm gonna get made. It's gonna say, "Oh man!" Did the, they? Now, well, did they be on the back of the front? Oh, it'll be on the front. 
Okay. Um, so why, why does that matter? I was just curious. Oh, I was trying to picture the shirt. Yeah, real simple, just white letters. Oh man, did they on a black shirt? I mean, it's white letters. You don't want white letters on a white shirt. No, it could be like a green shirt or a purple shirt. What, what's your what's your what's your favorite? Blue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So so having one bottle this night, it might not be that big of a deal. Right. And like, I mean, like we kind of talked about, this is still a time period where water was not the safest. Right. Right. They didn't have water purification stuff. Um, but he was a home brewer too, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. He did brew his own beers. Um, I, I want to say I read that he was a big Porter fan. Now, how do you feel about Porter's? And do you know, do you know, like, technically what makes a porter a porter? I do not know what makes a porter a porter, but to me, I'd rather have a stout rather than a porter. So technically, and I agree with you, right? On the base level, I agree with you. Like, I don't like porters. Um, porters seem a little bit more, uh, like a little bit more of a bite to their flavor. Right. It's like they didn't get aged as well, or for some reason or another, they're not as mellow. Exactly, and I prefer a more mellow dark beer. If I'm going right. to have a dark beer, I want it to be mellow. Exactly. Um, but technically, a porter is a stout. It's There's the same thing. It's just they normally get called something different as they reach those two ends of the spectrum. Um, but yeah, he was, a, he was a stout drinker. Or sorry, a porter drinker. A porter drinker. Oh, man. I was going to play a clip for, for those people listening that you right. can't hear, but I didn't see if I can right. find it here. Even... even during the war, he was apparently a, he didn't stop drinking. You know, like nowadays, if our military was to, uh, if they they walk in on their general just drinking a beer during the middle of a war, you know, I can imagine there'd be some major repercussions. You know, but back then it was just what you did. Yeah, well, it's what, but well, like you said, I mean, it's still a time period where water wasn't safe. Sure. Right sure. now, I was reading somewhere that. Before he became president, while England still ruled over these United States, he was running for, he kept using the term King of Boston, but I don't know that that was really what it was <laughs> called, right? And he he lost an election, and which first of all gives me a whole new look at Washington as, and I, and I guess you don't, like when you look at history, right, and you see Washington, you see this guy who's like, he was there to save us from the the British, right? And that's and then he became president because he saved us from the British, right? Yeah. And so, like or at that, least that's what the propaganda says. It, it, well, exactly, it one hundred percent. Which I, mean, I know sounds very consu- conspiracy theorist. Yeah, no, 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 it could, it could happen, and that that could be a subject that we could merge into later. Yeah, but but like, he was a politician. Like, dude, homeboy was straight up politician, yeah. right? And, yeah. and so he ran for this. King of Boston, or whatever the actual title was, um, and he lost, and he realized, or someone told him that was because he did not get enough people drunk. Yes, yes, this was a common practice, by the way. Whoever could buy the, it literally was buying votes. You know, it was like, man, that Washington's a good guy because I got drunk on his dime. You know, yeah. Well, and back then, what else are you gonna know about the guy? Right. You're not right. gonna know the skeletons in his closet, are you? No, you're actually, here's what's crazy. Uh, I read a fact that back then you would get enough, I guess for lack of a better term, 
information consumption, like social media of the day, of a week's worth of what we consume. And they would get a week's worth of our information consumption their entire life. Oh, I'm sure. Like, that doesn't surprise me at all. You know, the majority of their days of living back then were probably pretty dull and... Or maybe not dull, but just not information-filled, you know? Yeah. I feel like hearing me, like, typing over here. So, there's a website that I think we will use a bit. Um, and, and I have a book. So, so something I haven't showed you. I meant to show you. I'll, uh, I'll show you after the show or whatever. But I have these two books that I, th- I think we will end up busting out a bit while doing the show throughout time. And one is called The Political Incorrect Guide to the United States. Or to U.S. History, maybe. It's kind of a right-wing-ish book, but not completely like it's not like full of you know right-wing propaganda and stuff but it talks about stories that maybe aren't the way you normally hear them sure and there's there's the equivalent of that on the other side as well yeah but i think this one isn't this one doesn't seem to be like anti-liberals or anything like that but i want to say like i I will give the 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 warning beforehand it is a slightly conservative style book it has its biases put it that way yes like every book does um, Even academic books. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the other book is from the Cracked, which is a website that really does their research, and they have this thing called the D textbook, and it's basically what they didn't teach you in school. And there's two sections on there: one on world history and one on U.S. history. And we will go through that. Right, sure. Or perfect example of this: if when I ask you who won World War II, you would say the, I mean the the good guys. The okay, but. Who are the good guys in this context for us Americans? The Americans? The Americans, right? But if you really research it, the people who won the, the World War II were really the Russians. Well, and but also, like, and, and this actually comes up in that book, and I was flipping through it yesterday, the fact that the U.S. takes all the credit, or a good chunk of the credit, but they probably did, t- I think it said like 10% of the work. Yeah, right. No. If we, we didn't really get fully involved in the European war, like boots on the ground, in Europe until we did the Africa we did the Africa invasion then we did a little bit of invasion into Italy but we didn't really open up a second front until 1944 on D-Day so by that time the Soviets well had been uh, I think they'd been at war with Hitler since 1939 whenever Hitler invaded Poland yeah you know and then they had the battle of stalingrad where like the total number of losses on both sides totaled like something like three million four million uh people it's like we americans we only lost half a million people in that war completely they lost almost what six times that in one battle yeah no it's 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 nuts right um but but this book, we'll we'll get into this book, yeah, yeah. And, and I think we should do we should do an episode at some point on the Civil War. We should do it on World War Two, World War One, sure. Because World sure. War One, I, I mean, that that it war is set so the stage. Comp- it really well, set the stage. It set the stage, and it and it, it was kind of the cause for World War Two. Yeah, but it's completely. also so convoluted on who was the good guy and who was the bad guy. Yep. Right. I mean, in well, every war is like that well okay so world war ii there's like if you live in certain areas you might not know who the good guy and who the bad guy is but it's pretty it's pretty set in stone that that the the the, the germans were like offing 
large groups of people and being terrible people, in, right? In retrospect, nobody knew that at the time. So if you no, were, they knew. If, By the time if they, you were a German living in Germany and you were fighting for the Third Reich or whatever, and you only saw the propaganda and you saw, uh, and well, you well, didn't see the back dirty dirty side of it which by the way was a anti-semitism was a commonly held belief by a lot of people even americans at the time so that is yeah okay but 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 the reality is that like looking at it from like from above and looking at it like you can see this guy was messed up these guys were doing bad things right and these other countries were fighting against these guys doing bad things right they weren't provoked they were i mean i'd say they weren't provoked you could argue they were if you go back to World War One, but like, like in in what regard? So, so the wow, we're really going off here. So, what led Hitler to be able to rally the Germans behind him in this way was a direct reflection of how the the policies the, of post-war World War One. Yes, yes, right, and, and the regulations that were put on them and stuff like that, and how they were. Ba- they I mean they were getting screwed hardcore. Oh, yeah. They their economy was gutted. Yeah, and and he was easily able to take that and be like, oh, it's it's because of the Jews. Let's go get the Jews, whatever. Right. Yeah. Whenever but, you have economic distress, it's easy to always point to other people as a scapegoat, and then you can garner power from it. That's why there's a lot of different parallels you know when somebody comes into the like in american politics when somebody comes in and says oh all your financial woes are because of this or because of this it's like well anybody who know says they know about economy about how the entire economy works is selling something oh yeah exactly and and and, and but but i guess the end result here i'm looking for is that like in world war Two, you could see that like the axis were the bad guys right i mean they were like 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 Japan and the way Japan was acting and Germany and the way Germany was acting, like they were doing some messed up stuff. Sure, sure. Right. Whereas with World War One though, yeah, yeah, there was, was no clear defined who was actually the bad guy. Right. Because you know, there was all a land grab. There's a massive resource. It, grab. Well, it was that it all started because some Prince Ferdinand got offed. And then everybody had to honor their alliance. Exactly. Exactly. The United States shouldn't have even been in that war. But they were pulled in by allies. Well, yeah, you know why? Because of the flyboy. Oh, sorry, that was a bad. Not well, a bad movie, but no. <laughs> it was, we kept getting our our commercial ships sank. Yeah, well, that was it. Was it World War One with the Lusitania? Mm-hmm. Yes. I get my wars mixed up sometimes. Yes, that is the battle. That is the ship the, that sunk. Yeah, and they're like, okay, well, screw you. I guess we're 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 into play now. We're in it, you know. We'll we'll go hop yeah. in your trench. Yeah, Woodrow Wilson. Um, he didn't want any a part of that. No, well, that's the same thing with World War II, though. I yeah. mean, and now granted, there's conspiracy theories all around Pearl well, Harbor and all that stuff, right? But, I mean, that was, in theory, the whole back off, let them handle themselves. Now, well, it World makes War, more sense in World War I well, than World War II. Well, you got to remember that the generation that was in power lived through World War I. They didn't want to see that again. That, yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, there was only, what, 20 years between the two? Yeah, not far. That's really not long. Uh, yeah, 25 years? 25? I mean, that's... Instant. Holy boom, gee, boom. Yeah, that's... You talk about war weariness. I mean, that's like... like you, you're 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 old enough to fight in both. Yes. That's yeah. messed up. If you were 18 in, at the end of World War One, which ended in, what? Like 19, uh, 19, 19, 19? Something like... Sometime around that yeah. time period. And then, so then, 21 years later, you could be 40? Yeah. Yeah, you're old enough to fight in both wars. That's messed up. Yeah. That's... 
that guy definitely needed a beer. Yeah, you know what? I, but you know, you know what that happened though. Like, there had to have been someone that fought in both, right? Sure, sure. Uh, let's Lawrence of Arabia. Did he? I don't know. Oh, you're, oh, I'm saying things. <laughs> so, 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 truth be told. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I work shift work. I got off my last night shift, which is my seventh shift in a row. Right. So I had seven days of shifts, the last four night shifts. I got off that at five o'clock this morning. Um, my wife and kids left about five 30 this afternoon and I poured myself a beer and I've kind of been drinking on beer since then. And it's now eight 30. Yes. There is a gentleman, uh, by the name of Adrian Carton de Wilt. Are you sure you're pronouncing that correctly? Nope. <laughs> Fought in a total of four wars. Which ones? The Boer War. What B- the, okay, B- what's the Boer War? B-O-E-R. Okay, I'll look at the Boer War while you're talking. World here. War One and World War Two, and was wounded nine times. He was... <laughs> He survived all this, by the way. He didn't die in the last one that he fought in, but he got shot in the stomach, groin, head, hand, ankle, hip, and leg. And survived two plane crashes, five escape attempts from a POW camp, lost an eye and a hand in 1915, but still won the Victoria Cross in 1916. He is a bamf. Oh my... Oh, Jesus... Oh geez. It makes you really it makes you really put into perspective like who you are. Right. So I, I did I did twelve years in the military. But I really don't feel like I ever accomplished anything militarily wise. Like I know what we did was important. Sure. Um but compared to that guy, I didn't do crap. Well, the number one strength of the American military or any modern military is its logistics. Or any actually, that's any military in the history of armies. Is you win wars by logistics. You don't win wars by battles. You win wars by being able to supply your guys and not cut off your supply. That's how you win. It definitely helps. Yes, it definitely helps. But if you are well supplied and the other guy isn't, it's just basically a waiting game. Yes, you got to do a battle. You got to go and do your due diligence. Well, but on the, the battles, field. the battles kind of play into that. Yes, yes, and. As much as it sounds horrible to say this, but you could basically say if, like, one side is a heathen army in northern Bavaria or whatever, they just got together one day and said, hey, let's go fight the Romans, and the Romans have this big supply behind them, well, yeah, they might do well the first day, but the next day the Romans had reinforcements because the reinforcements came up the Roman road in record time that the... Uh, barbarians never thought could be possible. Okay, let's let's take a let's take a second step back here. Okay, and talk about what this Boer War was. Okay, so here's the Boer War, and I'm not sure how I feel about this. Is that how you say it? I don't know. I mean, in Dutch, it's the Tweed Boren Norlog, and in African, it's a Tweed Vrijheidsoorlog, also known as Second Freedom War. Ah. Known now, okay. Now, now, this is all coming off Wikipedia, which I believe is more reliable than it used to be because I think you have to have like you do have to have a certain number of references, yeah. And, and you have to people like other people, like, yeah, this is true type yes. deal. Like, you can't just write anything. We, we did that one time. I was reading through, I think it was Craig Biggio, who's one of my favorite baseball players of all time. And I was reading through his thing, and like in the middle of it, it just said the most ridiculous thing ever. And I'm like, thanks, Wikipedia, jerk. But anyway. 
that probably got fixed relatively quickly. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It was just a long time ago, but yeah, I'm sure it got fixed eventually. But Britain defeated two Boer states in South Africa, the South African Republic and the Orange Free State. Yes, the Orange Free State, who was an independent Boer sovereign republic in South Africa during the second half of the 19th century, which later became a British colony and province of the Union of South Africa. So basically, England went in and was like, bitch, we're going to take you. It seems like that's what was happening then. Um, it, it, it went on from 1899 to 1902. So, I mean, that makes sense why, why uh, someone could do that war and also be in these other ones. Right, it was right at the turn of the century. Well, and not to mention, the British were always at war with someone, right? Well, they had an empire to maintain. In the 1900s? Yeah. The whole... World War II... I I just got done watching a documentary. World War II was really the end of the British Empire. What were they an empire of before World War II? India. um, Indonesia. Egypt. The Suez Canal. Um... Okay, well, you have shown me up, sir. Yeah, they still had quite a bit of uh, land wealth across the globe. And here's what made the British Empire the British Empire. The, the, The cloak of colonialism was basically saying, okay, and this is why the United States threw their hands up and said, no, we're not doing this anymore. Because they went into their colonies and stripped them of their raw materials and said, you cannot sell these to anybody else. And on top of that, you cannot develop these raw materials in, into finished goods. And so... I cannot wait. Because you're bringing this up, Like, I cannot wait till we do an episode all about that. Because the... Colonialism is oh, dude, no, dark, the, dark time. The cracked, the cracked like history book that I have that talks about that stuff is so funny where it talks about how basically the Americans were actually kind of just being pansies and not wanting to deal with somebody. It's... And, and and like I said, like I'm not saying everything Crack says is perfect, almost, but they do their research. Almost everything follows the money. If you follow the money, you will follow the reasons why certain things are. Have we just become a conspiracy show? No, 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 no. This is not. That is not a conspiracy idea. You know, it's like the Americans. Oh, by that time in the seven, late 1700s, it was a parliamentary government. It was representative government. Sure. Okay. And within the United States, we had our own set of governor governorships that we they had their own legislatures within it. We had a representative democracy already. But but how representative was it? Well, a white landowner, not very representative, you know. So, like, if I didn't own my home and I rented, I would not be able to vote, even though I was a white. I'm a white male, thirty years old. Right. So now, do you, do you feel that all white men should be the only people that can vote? Do you feel this, Big M? Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm just bringing that up because at the time I would have not, like, if I didn't own my home, I would not have been able to vote. You know. Now we have basically voting for everybody as long as you're over the age of 18 and a citizen of the United States, which that is a different subject as well as what constitutes citizenship. I have a pretty weird opinion about that, but oh, that's be an interesting topic one day. That will be an interesting topic, you know. Um, but the idea is, we already had a representative government at that time, so it's more along the lines of, well, 
the business class of America really, if you wanted to make more money, they wanted to develop their own goods. They wanted well, of course. to. They wanted to sell to other countries and to other. Uh, uh, customers and stuff but the British, other customers I, I, you yeah. couldn't think of whatever word you were going for cut customers sounds cut, good cut. customers america is open for business we are looking for customers spain would you like to buy this you there know. you go but the british did not let us sell to other countries and so you're basically saying no business you can't do this and which might be the source of why we are so capitalistic in our uh in our fourth, in our thought, in our psyche, in the American psyche, we put business first because that was but there do, from the very beginning. But do we? Yeah, I think we do. I mean, some of us do. Yeah, some but of there's us other do. of us, and I'm not gonna. Sure. I, I don't say some of us being well, like compared, me included yeah, or dis. I would say in rel- relation to other countries. Sure. Interesting. I never really thought about it that way. Yeah, I mean, it is an interesting topic, but. At that point, you say, okay, well, for the poor guy who can't vote and do anything, nothing's going to change bef- from before the war to after the war. They're in the same boat. Now, but, but okay, so we've, we've gone down a rabbit hole about a mile and a half deep. But, That's okay. But you, you made the point of a poor guy can't get things changed. It was effectively what you just said, right? Because he has no say. Right, at that how, time. At that how is time. that different from now? What do you mean? Think about what runs things now. Sure. On both sides, now, right? Okay. And, 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 and anytime we get anything political on here, I hope that we can fairly represent both sides, even though I, we are... Oh, yeah, yeah, we yeah, are, yeah. We are We're both from Texas. We're both from relatively or very conservative areas. Um, but I think we're both, like, even-minded people. Sure. I'm not going to throw somebody out just because they have a different viewpoint. As long as they can back it up rationally. Sure, exactly, right? Now, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you sit on. Right now, money controls things, right? Money's always controlled things. Ex- well, that's the, that's the only point I was making, right? right? Is, yeah. is you're like, like, hey, the poor guy can't vote. Well, right. now the poor guy can vote, but does his vote... I mean, but the, does it really truly matter? Yes, and... and, and it's like two sides of the same coin, right? Yeah. Whichever it's it's one. very different, and there are certain things that it can matter on. Like, everyone, in theory, gets a say on who the president is, right? But their president's, whatever side it's on, is going to be run by some interest right. group. Sure. Sure. Well, not even that, but until this, honestly, for the until the last one, which actually Donald Trump is more ref, reflective of a, a president from an earlier time. Very bombastic, very over the top, which is not an uncommon... Would you call him Mr. Boombastic? Simply Fantastic? Ooh, Mr. Boombastic, Simply Fantastic. I would sing it, but I don't want us to get in trouble with copyright hits. Because of my you know, pitch-perfect voice and all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, in reality, before the media was blasting 24-7, seven days a week, you know, politicians could be and say whatever they wanted. He actually reminds me a lot of Andrew Jackson. That man was a... If you read Dude, up on him, Andrew he Jackson was, was crazy. A, oh, they all were. They all were. And they were so... Ah, uh, old. I mean, looking back at, like, you know, Jefferson and Washington and Madison and... Um, why am I blanking on the guy and his son... Adams. Adams. Yeah. And, and like these different views that they had and the way they got into power and 
I mean, duels between people. And, right. Oh, my right. God. Andrew Jackson challenged a guy to a duel because, like, he crossed him wrong or something. And then, but, like, but then again, like, at the time, there was this thing of you had to have your manhood, right? Right. Right. You And it's it kind of falls on the on the thing of you come into this world with two things, your name and your reputation, you know, and you have to keep them clean. And if somebody challenges you on it, you're going to. There was there was less there was less ways to prove things, so your word is your bond. Now, how much do you think names mean now? Not as much, I don't think, because it's like you go on Facebook and you see the people that are all like, "Oh, I'm 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 vegan," or "I'm I'm working out," and or or they they present themselves in a certain way, right? But then you you're sitting back and you're like, "I know that person." Just last week, they posted a picture of them eating a burger, you know? I heard a stat today, and I don't know if it's a stat I believe, but I heard a stat today from one of the shows. I listened to a lot of shows. But the stat today that they that they talked about was that apparently 30% of vegans, or vegetarians, I didn't say vegans, 30% of vegetarians, when drunk, will eat meat. <laughs> and I don't know if that's true. And, that, and that, I, makes me, that makes me titter. I... I am probably one of the most skeptical people when it comes to any kind of scientific study, right? Because I've, so I have my master's, right? And in doing a master's, you have to do a master's thesis. And in doing a master's thesis, you have to do a, it's, it's a pretty good sized research paper, right? It's nothing compared to a doctoral um, dissertation. But a master's thesis is a decent size. Yes. And I can see while doing it and while taking the classes on how to do it, how easily it is to manipulate it or to hone in on like a small section, right? So, so for example, um, when we first started talking about doing the show a few weeks ago, you, uh, you sent me an article. What was the article about? It was about how people view poor people, I believe, was the basis yeah, of it. Yeah, it was the perception of, of being poor. Yeah, and, and, and whether or not people think that poor people just want to stay poor or not. And then yeah, it, it, and, it also, like, and it also tried to it tried to survey poor people and how they view their situation as well. Yeah, and, and so here's the thing. is it is, is One of the big outcomes was that um, uneducated black poor people would say that they don't want to be poor. But if you take an educated middle class white dude, he would say, and, and it was somewhere greater than fifty percent in the sixties or seventies or something like that. Right. That that he Their thought that poor people wanted, wanted to, to stay poor. Right. Right. And I understand the sentiment. Yes. Like I understand where they come from, but what I don't know is what what question was asked. What group of people was actually like where sure. in the world and, and that means so much when it comes to any kind of research. Sure. But are you a statistician? I mean I've taken some statistics classes. So even if you had all that data, you wouldn't know what to do with it anyway. Well no, but but, but, ah, but so it doesn't matter. Well, but but what they were doing with it in that article was not being a statistician. They were just giving percentages. Which sure. anybody can do. I sure. say anyone, but most people I don't can know. do. I don't know. Some people their elevator doesn't always go up to the top. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I work with plenty or have. Um, but but like it's so easy to like interpret things the way you want to interpret them. I mean, I did a whole study on leadership and how how people were led moving up through the ranks and how they feel they lead now and then how they are how their subordinates feel that they were led, 
right? That was the right. basis of my of my master's thesis. And I could easily see where if I wanted to, I could have asked the right questions to get a yeah, certain sure. thing. And I mean, I, I didn't, I mean, I'm don't get sure. me wrong. I have no doubt that my biases came out somewhere in that paper. Cause that's human nature. Sure. Sure. Now the question is when you read a question and you say, well, that's clearly biased. And then somebody else reads the same question. Be like, no, that's not biased at all. Well, so, and I pride myself on how something. do you, how do you, it's like, your perception of bias is different from mine, so how do we both agree on a correct question to ask? And that's hard. But right. here, but here's the thing. Like, I pride myself, and I, I would like to say accurately, but once again, we're talking about biases, so maybe I'm biased about how accurate I am on this, but that I can look at stuff and take a step back and look at stuff ob- objectively, right? Even my own stuff. Like, I know my flaws, right? I have plenty of them, right? Um... But I can look at something and be like, okay, right or left, this is a pointed question. Like this question is trying to get you to either say, yes, you love the government or no communism is the greatest thing ever. Right. I mean, like, yeah, we actually had this discussion right before the show started where we were talking about some local initiative on the ballot this past uh, election season. And it was like so confusing on what they were actually trying to say that I'm I'm college educated. I'm. I have a bachelor's degree in in engineering. I don't consider myself an idiot by any stretch of the imagination. I was struggling, you know, so I could just imagine somebody without the reading level or without the uh, comprehension level was, they would just basically guess at that question. Yeah. Well, and, and specifically like in that, in the thing that we were talking about, like I literally checked the box that went against what I wanted. Right. Because that's the way. And I read it five times and I've got attorneys in my family. Like I come from a family where I, if I ever got in trouble with the law, I would just have to reach out to one of the 50 people in my family that could represent me type. Sure. Right. Sure. So you're exactly right. And then throughout history, that's been done constantly. You know, well, we're leading, well, we're going to lead it in such a way that it supports me all the time, you know? Exactly. So like, like we said before, the poor people before the revolution and the poor people after the revolution, not much changed for them. So the question is, how would the leadership, how did the American leadership at the time really convince all these poor people to go fight for them? You know? Yeah, and you know what? And that will definitely be a specific topic for another day because I have not done the research, but I need to get it. I, I guarantee that cracked book will we'll, we'll talk about that, that it's, some here it's and there. A cra- it's a crazy concept, you know? And leadership, for good or for bad, you know, you're either there's three types of people: a positive leader, a follower, and a negative leader. Well, and and but yes, I know I completely agree. Like I don't want to say and and like act like I'm like you know bashing what you just said. No, I completely agree. But also, this is the whole thing where it's like once in power, you want to stay in power, and that doesn't necessarily mean a specific person, yeah. but groups, well, right? Yeah, even even within our own social structure, on like say in your friends group, you know, there's a pecking order. There oh, of is. Course. Yeah. And people that like to be on top are going to try to be on top. No, whether they recognize that or not, you know, for instance, say a bunch of your friends say, well, let's go out of the group. Let's, let's go out to eat. Well, I bet you always got that one friend who magically always ends up eating where they want to eat. You See, know? it's funny that you say this, but like, I don't have friends. No, <laughs> 
pobrecito. <laughs> or, or time for them. Why did I have kids? Anyway, um, let's take a quick break. Yeah. Emma, Sounds good. I want to refill my cup and make sure my wife and my kids are doing okay real quick. So I'm going to pause this. We're going to take a re- quick break and we'll be back in a minute. Bye. All right. We are back. And hold it. Wait, wait. He's about to take a sip. Is this your first sip of this beer? Yes, it is. Okay. So we, we have refilled our mugs. It's, right. it's really dark. It's really dark. It should be somewhat similar to one you just drank. Now, here's the thing. I want to hear your impressions of this beer. This is a beer that I have made. This is my signature beer. Now, here's what I know. Whether you like it or not, I know it's a good beer. So so you can be honest and insult it, and I'll still have a smile on my face because I know it's delicious. Well, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters in this world is what you think of yourself. No, Ben, ben likes it too. It's different than the other one. Yeah, it's not bad though. I love it. A little coffee flavor on the end. It's it, it. You know what it is? It's lactose. Ah. Did you know? Did you know lactose is a non-fermentable sugar? Really? So it just sits in the in the beer. It yeah. It just stays as flavor and doesn't turn into alcohol. So for those of you that don't know much about beer. What makes beer beer, what turns the alcohol is yeast eats sugar. Now, we kind of talked about like and how beer was discovered back in the day. Magically, it poops out It poops out alcohol. It does. It literally, it's a living thing. You are that, drinking bacteria poop. Well, you just, I'd say you ruined beer, but that can't no, be possible. No, I'll drink it anyway. But, but like there are beers out there that are naturally fermented, which means that they sit in an open container and yeast just kind of like flies in in the wind. And I don't know where you have to be to make that happen. <laughs> Along with all the other things that could fly in too. Well, sure. Oh, dude, I have I have bottled, not bottled, I have kegged a beer and had a bee in the bottom of the, of the, of like the, my carboy where it was fermenting because I did not get all the bees out when I was brewing. Right. Funny enough, and this is real, it was a honey ale I was making. Oh. But but I, I when I'm out there on so, my porch, I get bees around me a lot. Right. So. Um, okay, we had gone off on a tangent, but we had started talking founding fathers. Yes. And founding did. fathers beer, not the beer founding fathers, although that is a a beer. Sure. So a famous quote by a founding father, Thomas Jefferson. Some would say the most important founding father since he wrote the. Declaration of Independence. Do you ever question that? I'm not saying I oh, ever oh, have. I'm just curious. It sounds like you are conspiracy theorizing this. No, no, no. It's just one of those things. And I, I and literally before this second, Obviously, I never thought. No, of that. he actually he consulted a lot of people for that document. But, but like it, it always makes you wonder. Like, was there just like some other guy who was like ghostwriting the Declaration of Independence? Yeah, just like oh, dude, I got these great ideas, and he like he goes home one day or. And, and and he sees some hot woman walking by, right? He's walking down the street, sees some hot woman walking by. And Thomas Jefferson's like, man, that's a hot woman. And she goes into her house. He's like, you know what? I'm a famous politician. I'm I'm the man. I've got Monticello, right? Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. go, I'm gonna go. I don't care if she's married, I'm gonna go see what she's got going on. And he walks into her house and her husband had okay. just sat down and like, man, these are some great things that you know, our country could be if we weren't ruled by these tyrants, the British. Well, I don't- and he picks that up and he's like, Man. We need to we need to make this a thing. <laughs> I don't I don't believe that story because he no, didn't no, have to bullshit. do that because he was doing that with his slaves. 
You know, one of my favorite, I don't remember what show it was. If it was, it, 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 I, it wasn't in Living Color and it wasn't um, Saturday Night Live. It was, I want to say it was, what was that other one? There was that other show that was kind of like Saturday Night Live, but way more crude. Oh, um, man, why'd you have to I can't think. That? I can't uh, think of what it's called now. But anyway, uh, Mad, Mad TV. TV. I think it was, a, I think it was Mad Jinx. TV. Yeah, no, I think it was Mad TV. It could have been it could have been Saturday Night Live, but I think it was Mad TV. And there was this episode where these people were getting a tour of Monticello, and it was um, the the dad from the Jeffersons. And he and he and he like points out that like he really is the place, and he like moves in and plays the moving on up and whatever. And right, the whole right. joke was, you know, Thomas Jefferson, yeah, you know, yeah. mating with his slaves, which obviously he did. Um, I say obviously. I, I think that's a well known thing. I would hope so by now. I mean, I don't know they directly teach that in history class in school. Not in public. No, I wouldn't say public school. Probably not in uh, high school or below. I, oh, you mean like college classes? They college might. classes, but I, I, mean, I knew do. about it back then. Well, the internet is a wonderful thing. Yeah, but the internet wasn't a wonderful thing back then. That's true. Very scary stuff. No, it wasn't even that. I mean, you had to search for that. Yeah, form. you remember? You remember the search engine Netscape? Yes, or ask Jeeves. Oh, oh! That little butler man is way out of business. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we we've moved past the class system now. Yeah, is we that what it is? Yeah, we don't need butlers anymore. There's still butlers in the U.S., <laughs> and they're all British. Turns out. Oh wow! I mean, they have to be. Yeah, that's what makes them a butler. By definition, you have to be British. Except for Mr. Belvedere, he was a butler, right? I don't know. Did you not watch Mr. Belvedere? Let me see. Wait, you're having to look up whether yes. or not you watched Mr. Belvedere? You know what I watched recently? And this is such a tangent, but I watched the first... I started watching the first season of Charles in Charge. And, oh, I remember Mr. Belvedere. I didn't watch it very often. No, neither did I. It wasn't that great. But I don't think he was British. I don't think he was. And neither was Charles from Charles in Charge. But he wasn't only a butler. He just kind of watched the no, kids. he was. English housekeeper. Lynn Belvedere. Oh, well, his name was Lynn, so... Anyway, we're not going to go down that track. And apparently he was dapper. I don't know what to do with that. Well, (laughs) not my problem. Okay. (laughs) Well, anyway, back to Thomas Jefferson. Yes, back to Thomas Jefferson. Big quote of the day from Thomas Jefferson. Beer, if drunk in moderation, softens the temper, cheers the spirit, and promotes health. And I would have to agree with all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, why would you not... Why? How could you disagree with him? Yeah, well, so here's the question, though. What was defined as moderation at the time? Oh, that... <laughs> it's like, I What's, don't have an answer. It just depends on your tolerance level, right? But, I mean, I think back then they had to have had a high tolerance level, especially the men. I don't know how much the women drank. Although, women were like the original homebrewers. Well, I mean, like you said, if beer was better than water, everybody drank. Kids drank. Women yeah, drank. And I'm sure they had to start. But but also, so I was now, looking. Now, it was probably an extremely watered down version. And, and that's what I was looking at. So they're talking about um, uh, George Washington and different things like that and, and about how how low of an alcohol content some of the stuff that they drank back then. Like, So George Washington brewed beer. But the, everything that I read reflected back. Now, granted... This I, once again not a historian, right? But everything reflected back to it being more like soda. 
as far as like it had an alcohol content, yeah. but a Kinda very like a beer, low one, uh, like a alcoholic root beer, like yeah, but not not your, fa- not your father's root beer. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> Have you had that? Yeah, it's okay. It's, I mean, I drank of, one. I can't. I can't drink two because it's too, too sweet. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, and what's funny about that? I have not. I don't think I've seen it in the stores. It's lately. still at Walmart, I think. What's the word you just said? Still at Walmart? Yeah. I mean, do you have a problem with, with, with Sam Walton? I don't have a problem with Sam Walton. I have an issue with the people of walmart.com so i i worked at walmart at one time oh did you i did and some guy came you got in some great people watching didn't you uh not as much as you would hope because of the area i lived in oh. wasn't i mean don't don't get me nice, wrong nice. i no, nice, no, no. nice i i did not live in a ritzy area by any means right i i definitely grew up on the lower side of middle class if if that high right but there was this drunk guy that came in one time demanding to talk to Sam Walton. <laughs> like, he was adamant, he was I schlitzed. will talk to Sam Walton. And somehow I ended up in the midst of, like, calming him down. Me and a couple of the managers. Oh, I, thought you, I honestly thought you were about to say, and I ended up being Sam Walton for that guy. I should have been. <laughs> I, should, I did not know what kind of skills I had. I did yeah. not know how much of a Sam Walton I well, could have been. if he was that gone, he didn't know who Sam Walton was. But he might realize it's not a 16-year-old. Uh, well, you were probably already losing your hair by then. So I was not, sir. <laughs> Jerk. Eh. Um, that didn't come till after my first submarine tour. I can imagine. Or, or my first deployment. I guess I was still on my first tour when it started happening. But um, okay. So Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. My understanding is while he was in office, his wife was brewing beer for him, and he opened a brewery. Or started homebrewing. I'm not sure which one it actually was. Inside, like, Monticello once he was out of office. I was expecting... I was expecting... Um, a comment? A something. Well, you, So far, you've been very informed on things I haven't expected. Like, this is what I expected you to have an answer to. <laughs> I told you I prepared for certain people, not for every person under the sun. Um... I wouldn't doubt it that women probably were the primary ones to do the brewing because man's work probably didn't involve prep and do cooking. You, do you think do you think that the men would have to mansplain brewing to the women? No. The women probably had to womansplain brewing to the men. That's possible. That you is know? that is that is very possible. Now, I have no proof of that. I'm just saying that might be the case, you know, cuz so, with the amount of involvement, and I honestly, Thomas Jefferson probably had a guy, probably a slave, that was a master brewer. I mean, I, you say master brewer. Well, maybe what we would understood it. What would we? What we would consider a master brewer? Okay, you know, that handled, that managed the entire operation of brewing. How do you feel about White House beer? There was an actual White House, just like three of them. Oh, like a like a. Um, no, it was brewed in the White House. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm transitioning, um, which we can always jump back. But so so I, I made the comment about how um, uh, Obama. I think I'm, I don't know if that was Didn't off the air like- or on the air. So he brewed beer in the White House. Oh, so he's a. Uh, Here's my problem. He's a right? dabbler. 
Here's my problem, and I don't want anyone it, to think that this is a bash against Obama, right? Because I have beef with Obama and I have praise for Obama, right? Which I guess technically I should say President Obama because I should it, I should give that respect. What is it like? Once a Marine, always Marine. Same no, with you, the pres- same with the president. No, yeah, well, it definitely is. Like once you're the president, you're always referred to as Mr. President right. or President whatever, right? Sure. And I definitely think that whether you agree with everything Obama has ever done or not, he I think he deserves that the, to, to still be referred to as President Obama. Right. Right. Apparently, he got bored and decided to take up the hobby of home brewing. Now, first of all, how the hell do you get bored as a president? Like, that should never be a thing. Like, don't get me wrong. To like, me, you need a hobby. You need something. It's surprising how much how much time they have to go on these vacations or well but i mean they need they need their vacations no. right? out of all the jobs in the damn world i mean a leader of a sovereign nation needs the break you know i can imagine and even that's probably not much of a break yeah i mean you're, i'm sure you're still getting approached by people asking for things you're still having a daily meeting on certain statuses of things or in the government you know sure but you just happen to be on the beach when you do it or at camp david at camp david what is at Camp David? He's got some good stuff there, right? Probably. It's, I think like it's a, a nice national, golf course. The National Retreat. You think it's like a like a model airplane flying area? Oh, we got one here in Pearland. I know, but you have to be part of like you have to like pay dues into it. And that's what I don't like about Pearland. I mean, that's a, no, but that's a, that's a, that's a, like when you get these like nicer model air, like the ones where you're playing like the the gas. Like I want to. Yeah, I want a model airplane, right? Like I want to be able to fly one, but I want one sure. to like the park flyers that I can just go in my backyard or go to the park and not have to worry about like FAA regulations. And and those ones are ones where people have to worry about getting like model airplane insurance. So, yeah, they probably want you to be part of it, so you can't just show up with your rinky dink thing and then run right into a couple thousand dollar plane and ruin it. No, I yeah, well, I'm I'm sure that's part of it. But also it's I think it kind of gets like it's like the nerd version of hoity toity. Well, here's my philosophy on anything that has to do with paying dues and uh, hobbies. Hobbies are priced not on the necessarily the the true cost of what something takes to do that hobby. It's priced to only let a certain class of people into that hobby, you know? Like, for instance, the the golf course that's across from me um, is a privately owned golf course. $60,000 a year membership. Is it really? Yes. But Okay, but there's a neighborhood there. Yeah. Now, if you live in that neighborhood, are you automatically part no, of it? No, I looked this up because <laughs> I was wanting to join or wanting are to Are you get, a golfer? I love to play golf. Do you ever do disc golf? Yes, yes. I back in college. Yes. Okay. I would. I, play this disc. sounds like that's a whole different topic, but I have like I always keep discs in the back of my car. Oh, very nice. You know, I I love getting out. To me, getting outside and enjoying a couple drinks with friends and just being out in nature, whether it's playing golf, fishing, hunting, disc golf, kayaking, canoeing. I don't care. Get me outside. I'm happy. That's me. <laughs> the the real American. Yep, not like sitting in a four bedroom, four wall bedroom, stuck doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too, but it's the. Uh... <laughs> no, you have to have you have to have a balance. It you doesn't have, have it doesn't have the same majesty to it, you know. Uh, it's a I think to me it's a good time to self reflect, 
Yeah. You know, which I think is a skill that is lost on modern society. But but see, here's the problem I have. Is that You're we, just not good at golf. Uh, no, no, I'm pretty terrible at golf, <laughs> right? But I still enjoy it. Like, I have no problem. Except oh, for sure. golf is an expensive sport. Oh, yeah. Except for true. we used to find this one place that we'd pay... It was like 20 bucks, and you got the cart? There's a place in Alvin, you, which is a town right near us. Uh, it's a little nine-hole course. You could play for like... I think it's eighteen dollars with a cart. Play all day, all you want. I'll have to do that sometime. Um, the course but, is crappy. It's horrible. Whatever. But That's fine. I don't care. I just like getting out and hitting but, the ball. But see, here's my problem, right? And, and and some people can relate to this depending on where you live. But we live in the greater Houston area. There are good things about the greater Houston area. It's also just a garbage place to live. Yeah, yeah. Right. It, it's. You I, I, I want to say this weekend. Come, it's most, supposed to be ninety nine degrees. Yeah. Right. It's flat. It's ugly. There's, there's. I mean, if you go three hours west and you get to the hill country, it's gorgeous. There's all kinds of stuff to do outside there. And it's, I mean, it might be as hot, but it's, I don't know, like a little bit nicer. There's, there's that payoff. And that's why like, I still enjoy going outside. I still enjoy doing outdoor activities and stuff like that, right? But I don't do them as much as I would if I lived in a place that was more supportive of it. In Houston, you ha- it's like your seasons are reversed. You know, most places in in America, you your picture of the summertime is, oh, we go outside, we go play, we do all this stuff. Not in Texas, you don't. It's flip-flopped. So the coldest it usually gets in on average in the middle in the dead of winter is the middle 40s, you know. Well, last winter was super mild. I want to yes, say we got to yeah. freezing like once. Yeah, once and then it was done. So I mean, most of my activities that I do outside are in the fall and spring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, if it's in the dead of heat and dead of summer, I don't do anything outside. Yeah. We'll have to get some disc golf going. For sure. For sure. Okay. So. Back on. So Obama, right. So Obama started brewing. He, he, he got bored, right. And decided he wanted to pick up a hobby and home brewing's a good hobby. I do it. Right. I've been doing it now for seven or eight years. Um, I don't do it as much as I used to. Uh, basically, when I, the only time I really care about doing it is when I'm doing my own recipes and I want certain things on tap, right? But he started doing this. And he actually got together with some chef at the White House and started making like three different White House brews that I think got sold. Hmm. And I don't remember what they all were. One was like a, like a honey ale. And I don't remember what the other two was. Were. I wonder how much of that is a guy came up with a recipe. These probably were not. Obama's recipes, and that's and that's the thing, and that's and a, he was really probably just promoting this one guy and slap his label, White House label on it, and they're like, oh, it's White House beer, and I can and I can't guarantee that, right? But that's what bugs me, right? Is when, like, I have this hobby, and like I said, I don't do it as much as I used to. I used to be like every other weekend I was brewing, right, and I'd always have two beers on tap and two beers waiting to go on tap, like that was my thing. And it bugs me when these like politicians or rich people or whatever like I'm going to do go do this thing. No, care about it or don't. And don't get me wrong, like I'm sure Obama cares about beer, right? Like, like he seems to openly care about beer and enjoying it and whatever else. And that's great. And like he would have people come into the office and they would have meetings with beer, and that's awesome. And I think that's almost the way that like politicians need to go, right? Let's go a little bit more good old boy in a way and like go away. And not say good old boy, but like, like southerny boy, like get away from the cigars and the whiskey. Let's get to a good beer, 
right, and have a real conversation. Yeah, like we're doing now. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Let's see if we can clink them from. I mean, you definitely clinked that mic stand. Yeah. <laughs> um. But but it kills me when like, like don't invade my hobby with your with your 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 high end bullshit. I don't think no. I don't think you could. Uh, I think of it this way. He probably raised interest in the in the brewing art of brewing beer on an introductory level. Any sport or hobby or whatever, the introductory surface stuff is like ah, that's the sellout crowd. That's that's for noobs, right? You know. But eventually, that's like the gateway. You know, maybe somebody in the middle of America saw. Saw the White House beer, got it, and was like, well, that's pretty cool. Maybe that led to them discovering better beers or or less known beers or whatever, you know. Well, you know what's crazy? Uh, I went to the homebrew store oh, a couple trips ago, which, which by the way, they have shut down the one closest to me. And now I have to go into, like, inside the, the 610 loop, which means you're, like, in Houston sure. and fighting through the traffic. I have to go all the way there to get supplies, and it really upsets me. But I was in there, and they were telling me how like seven different homebrew shops in Houston have shut down in the last few months, and it's because craft beer has taken off so much that people have stopped making their own and started just going and buying craft beer. Well, yeah, I mean the idea is the only reason they were making craft beer is because they couldn't get craft beer. Well, and and I guess I never looked at it that way because like for me personally, right when I make it, I'm like this is my pride. Like I make some sure. kit beers. That are someone else's recipe and real easy to do and whatever else. And I'm like, okay, I just wanted that style and I didn't want to put the, the time and effort into it myself, right? Sure. But then there's other ones like, look, no, I made this recipe. Like this beer right here, I made this recipe from scratch. I, I did it all. I From the grain crushing to turning it into something drinkable. Like I, I did it all. Sure. And there's that there's that level of like, of like this is mine. And when you go to drink craft beer, now don't get me wrong, I love craft beer. I love trying beers, and that's something that we're going to do here right. on the show is find random ones we've never tried. Yes, yes. The only thing I don't like about where that mindset is is like you have a hobby of beer kind of homebrewing. You have a homebrewing yeah. and craft beer is basically it's a hobby. Going, yeah. out, going out and me trying a new beer, that's a hobby. That's yeah. something I like to do, and whatever. At any point in time, and people do this all the time with sports, with um, games, or with like stuff that really shouldn't be taken as seriously. You know, you're gonna have the hardcore people that do it, and they're putting their life and blood into it. It's their artwork, basically. You know, sure. it's part of them. And then you got the little light dabblers that they just. Uh, they're they're going to do it, but they're not going to commit to the level of uh, that you're at or whatever, and that's okay, of course. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think uh, you could say, "Oh, well, I'm, I'm, you're cheapening my hobby because you, blah blah blah, or whatever." You know. No, no, and 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 I agree. Um, and and it get real bad when it comes to beer and, and craft beer and home brewing, right? And yeah, the people get pretentious quick. Yes. So I actually have a poster, or not poster, it's like a metal thing that I want to put up, and I really like it. The one problem, that it, it, it says, it's it's a beer snob one. Right. And it says, like, it, that foamy light lager, I don't know, it makes fun of, like, other drinks, right? Um, 
and I and I think it's hilarious. But I don't like to call myself a beer snob because it's it is it's that pretentiousness, right? right. Connoisseur, I'll go with. Sure. I have unofficially taken a beer connoisseur class. It was something free that someone came Right, me but time. if somebody comes in and sits next to you and orders a Michelob Ultra for some reason, it's like, that's what they want, that's what they want. With one exception, right? And I'll get to that in a second. But before, so my next door neighbor drinks Bud Light a lot. If I right. go outside, he'll almost always be like, hey, you want to have a beer? And I'll stop, I'll have a, I'll have a Bud Light with it. I don't care. Like, I won't go to a bar and order it myself. But if someone offers it to me and we're going to hang out, I don't have a problem. I'll drink that, right? Right. I was at the beer garden. And the beer garden, they do a, um, their Octo- I think it's Oktoberfest. And for something was wrong and we couldn't, you couldn't order beers outside. Something was wrong with their, their money taking system. And so we went inside. That reminds me of the meme of uh, Fry from uh, Futurama. Take my money. Yeah. Yeah. But there was something wrong with their system. So you couldn't, eat, you couldn't do it. So if you wanted a beer, you had to go inside. So we went and sat down at the bar area, right? The indoor bar area. And it was, so, so the beer garden, right? Straight up. German restaurant. I mean, the food is really good. There's schnitzel, there's yes. sausage, everything. Yeah. It's it's so good. Um, uh, but their women all dress like beer wenches. As I don't right. know if that's a proper term for. Well, they're but, wearing the lederhosen. They've got the pigtails going on. Yeah, their their buster being pushed up. The tight everything. Right. So there was a a woman, and she was a little bit bigger, and she was wearing this, and she was popping out everywhere. And, but super cool, super nice. And my buddy and I were sitting there talking to her. And we're ordering our beer. And from down the way, I hear this guy order a Coors Light. And I'm like, one, you're at the beer garden, which is the best beer right. in this town that we live in. So we live in a town right. of about 100,000 people. I and wouldn't call that a town. but okay. I mean, it is. It's it's a city of 100,000, but we're effectively in Houston. Right. Right. Because literally right. you walk outside our city limits and you pop into theirs. Um, but inside this town, there's a couple places with good beer. Um. But but this is the place with the best beer, right? And it's 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 the beer you're only going to get there in this area, and it's all amazing German beers, right? You you know you you are going there because of the the selection that they have, yeah. And yeah. the food's good too, yes. And the, and the, and the music's and entertaining, the and the people and, and stuff, yeah. yeah. So so this guy orders his course light, and I hear him down the bar, and I look at I look at the woman like behind the bar, and I'm like, did that really just happen? I'm like, do you get mad when that happens? And she's like, I look at them sometimes, and all I want to say is, I did not squeeze myself into this outfit for you to order that kind of a crappy beer. <laughs> and it just makes me laugh. It's like if you go to it, like I am open to drink what makes you happy, right? Your your taste yeah. might not be the same as mine, but, but if you go to a place like that, you don't order yeah, something crappy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you know, you don't go you don't go to a baseball game and. Wonder why they're not ordering five star steaks, you know, at the, at the concession know, stand. Dude, there are some baseball stadiums that have some really good food. Like it, yes. they are upping their game these days. That is true. That is true. And a lot of the higher end, that I, I'll retract my statement. Maybe from twenty years ago, you don't go to yes. a ball game. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Because you probably can get a high end steak at some ball. Yeah, ball I bet stadiums. you. You definitely can in some of the press or in some of the box seats. Oh god, I'm sure. Yeah, fully catered, fully whatever talk about being pretentious the baseball game is probably not even thought of you know that's true god i love baseball which by the way the astros are look like they might be coming out of their slump i got well they lost last night didn't they how they do tonight don't know that's all right well we've been yeah we've been doing this um so let's step let's take a half a step away from from the founding fathers and I want to just touch on something here. Some some people that were important to beer beforehand. 
because this is not okay so so for everyone to know this is not going to be a beer podcast we will talk about beer because we will be drinking beer and depending on the episode and what's going on maybe we'll be more loopy at the end than we are at the beginning who knows <laughs> right uh we will I, I i never plan on doing a power hour because i think those are ridiculous oh god no i i've listened to shows where they do power hours I'm out. I'm done with that. I'm, yeah, I'm, we, we are we are past mm, that point in our life. College was not that much fun. <laughs> yeah, so your college experience and mine were very very different. Most likely, yes. Very very different. But I wanted to I wanted to inform some people about something in history that also goes along with beer, and that is about the patron saints of beer. Now, you know about Saint Arnold. Yes. I don't know if the listener knows about St. Arnold. Now, we know in Houston, we, we really ex- know about St. Yes, Saint Arnold. we know St. Arnold. We know St. Arnold. So, yeah. So, St. Arnold, um, there, there's a brewery in Houston. It's it's a, a mic, not a micro brew. It's a... It's middle. Yeah, it's gotten pretty big, and you can get it most places now. It's still really good. Like, it's not my favorite, but it's still really good. St. Arnold's Brewery. Um, uh, and so, because of that, I learned about who St. Arnold was. But it turns out there's... I don't know if there's a clear thing on exactly who St. Arnold was. Yeah, his he was like a uh, a Saxon monk. So, yeah, but, his, but, but there's two St. Arnolds. Ah, Arnulf. And, and this is the thing. So there's Arnold of Saisons. Okay. Right? And one of the big things I believe that he did was during the... Um, uh, during the uh, plague, a lot of the people in his area survived because he's like, hey, drink beer, not water. And like I was pointing out earlier, they didn't realize that beer was better for you than water because it was being boiled. And if they just boiled their water, they could drink water. Um, and so a lot of people didn't get that. Uh, but there was another one, and I'm trying to... So there's St. Arnoff of Metz, and then there's like another St. Arnold. And it's interesting... and. Doing some research, right? So I was trying to think of what we we're going to talk about. I was trying to think of what I was going to talk about, right? What, what, what? Maybe I could shock you or surprise you with. Although you have, you have definitely every, a few times that I've tried to do that, you've come out with you know facts that I did not expect you to know. Oh, but home run. But, <laughs> but, but. So I'm looking this up, right? And there's patron saints. There apparently were five or more patron saints of beer, right? Right now. Yeah, St. Arnoff of Metz, who is also yes. possibly St. Arnold, right? And and there's, like I said, there's two of them, and there's some crossover of which one did which. Um, but he's the one, like, I, I need a little St. Like, I'm not Catholic, right? I I was raised. Yeah, so I wasn't, right? I, I was raised Southern Baptist, whatever, right? But I want a little St. Arnold, fi- like, figure. <laughs> a- action figure, maybe? Could you call it that? You can only call it an action figure if it has movable parts. Like if he's got like one arm holding a stein and he's like moving it up and down to his. But see, I'd almost want it more realistic than that. So I don't know if, if him having a stein would just become a mockery. Well, you having an action figure of St. Arnold is a mockery. Okay. By so definition. I'll just, so I'll just go with like a nice statue. And by, by nice, go. I mean small. Right. A figurine. A figure, figurine. Yes, figurine. Can I get one of those candles? Do you think they have a can, like a Saint Arnold's a, candle, like a votive candle or something? Is that what they're called? Votives. Yes. I, I mean, you're gonna have to bring that knowledge to me because I don't have it. Okay, in the Catholic faith, um, you have like the quintessential Hollywood version of a Catholic church is where you walk in and you see all the candles on the back 
that are just lit up everywhere, right? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And that's real. That's not that's not an over-exaggeration of what goes on. And those are called votive candles. And so what you do is you make a donation or whatever, you light a candle. Do you, you have to prayer. make a donation for this? No, you don't have to. But, I mean, they, there is a poor box where you can donate. Is it really called the poor box? Well, I mean, that's where the that's where it comes from. Can we really upset people in the future and do a whole episode on religion? Oh, I would love that. Oh, man. That would have to be a, a well, mini-series. Throughout history, I mean, anybody who says... I don't know anybody who says this, but, I mean, religion... <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying it right now, but religion has played a major role in every single um, event of the past, I would say, uh, 4,000 years. Yeah. You know, because it is... might offend somebody right now, but it's an excellent way to control people. Oh, it definitely is. Yeah. Now, if you're a true believer, great. I'm not trying to offend you, but at the same time, you have a system of control which is implemented through a theology. Well, it's 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 a it's a really good way to you, okay. You can use almost anything to manipulate people. Sure, but but religion has to be one of the easiest things that if you wanted to manipulate someone, you could use religion to do so. Right. It's the basic concept. If you want to do the basic idea is do this, or your inter- your eternal soul is gone forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And which and, is how cults get formed. Well, in that regard, every major religion is considered a cult by that definition. Ooh. Man, yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there's that argument. I don't like that argument, but I can't argue against that argument. Right. I mean, if you want to go that far, every major religion started off as a cult, and then magically it became mainstream, and you're not a cult anymore? Well, I mean, whenever you decide you're not going to hop on the comment, you can become oh, a yeah, cult. Oh, yeah, 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 or you're not going to, like, convince everybody, the best thing we can do is to die right now so we can go to heaven. Yeah. Get our own planet. <laughs> Ooh. Can I have my own planet? Oh, only if you're like, uh, what is it, Scientology? No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't think they get their own planets. No, who gets their own planet? I mean, the Davidians, they get their own planet? Hmm. The Koreshians? Or the, I think, don't the Mormons get their own planet? I don't think the Mormons get their own planet, dude. Dang. Well, we have our own planet. It's called Earth, and we better take care of it. (laughs) (laughs) We already got it. We already got our own planet. It's going to hell. I mean, no. Uh, no, nope. We're not that religious here. <laughs> uh, okay. So, wow. That, that went in a direction that I did not expect it to go. Oh, so other other patron saints. And I love the idea. Like, like I said, not, not born Catholic, right? But I right. love the idea of religion. The idea, I, of, the idea of saints was honestly a genius idea uh, brought up. Almost two thousand, over two thousand, or about two thousand years ago, it's the idea of whenever you take over a conquered people, you don't want to take away their culture, right? Yeah. And so, magically, say say you uh, conquer the Celts up in England, right? And they weren't the Celts in uh, they Scotland. Were in, they were in. Here's a tidbit for you. They were in. Oh, I love tidbits. Yeah. They, at one point in time, covered all of Western Europe. Mm. France, Germany, Spain, the British Isles. And at some point when they got pushed out by the Germanic tribes, some of the Celts moved to Turkey. Mm. And there are Celtic uh, ruins in the middle of Turkey. 
the Celtic thing has always been really interesting to me. Like, I don't know a lot about it, but like, sure. like the art and stuff. I right. always love that Celtic stuff. Right, right. Uh, I'm Irish Catholic is my background. So I and I love history and I love learning about my background. And so the learning about the Celtic uh, people and the mythology and the religions and all that stuff is really, really interesting. Uh, so and dark. Very, very. Their their mythology is very dark. So, but, but most to, mythology is pretty dark. Sadly, we well, gotta do a mythology. It's the idea one. of like, well, we want people to act this way. Let's come up with a story that keeps people from acting like that. You know. Well, and it's also just like how to explain how to things. Explain but when you get to like, like, okay, if you look at like Greek mythology, Roman mythology, Norse mythology, right? I mean, there's the darkness to it. There's also like the light side. Right. When people generally think, and I and I'm speaking for people as a whole, and I really shouldn't be ever. Capital P. Yes, with the people with the capital P, right? And I should never speak for the human race ever, right? But I am at this moment, and I'm going to say that when people look at like the Catholic side of it. It's just a dark thing. Like it, 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 it seems like it looms in darkness. And I'm not talking about like the actual priests and stuff doing bad right, things, right, right, which, right, right. which happens here and there or whatever. Right? Well, as as every, with any group, any religion, any group, yeah. any everybody's somebody's going to make it bad for yeah. somebody. But but like it just seems like like Catholicism has this like looming darkness about it that's just scary. Like I went to a Catholic church once. Right, my my dad's ex wife was raised Catholic, um, and we went for Easter, and that was the scariest church service I've ever been to in my life. That's and funny it, because I went to uh, my my wife's grandmother is like strict Southern Baptist, and when I went to her church, that was the scariest thing of my life. So it's really, really yeah, but it's I think it's based on what you know, right? It's got to be. And it's based on the culture of what you grew up with. I was lucky. I grew up in a in a in a church that was actually really good about not proselytizing straight from the, you're doing this, you need to go to hell, blah 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 blah. It was more along the lines of conscience. Your conscience needs to guide you, and you need to take that and self reflect on these on your decisions. For yourself, not for others, but do this for yourself. And so, but I have since not been practicing my faith, probably for almost close to 10 years now. And it is what you make it, right? Some religions are extremely controlling, but luckily I grew up in a, in a church that wasn't that way. And it yeah. happened to be Catholic, you know. So, but I've been to Catholic churches where I was like, what is going on here? I can't be here. Well, but but so to kind of go back to my point though is like as scary as it can be in some uh, some instances, right? There's something about it that I love. Like there's part of me that wishes I'd grown up hardcore Catholic well, and, and 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 was in that point where I wanted to do the Catholic rituals. There's something about that. The idea of a structure is always appealing, right? Sure. And the idea of just falling in line and doing, instead of worrying about making decisions and doing this, I could relax and I can give up my yoke and I can just be. That's very tempting, right? It's like, have you ever been at work and you're like, man, 
what if I just, what if I didn't have to do this anymore? What if I didn't have to labor for my life? Every you know? shift. <laughs> right. I know. I mean, we all do it at some point in our lives, right? And so it's, and in all reality, religion offers that. They, let whoever take your burdens and um, handle them. And some people have taken that extremely literally and say, well, I'm, my life is in God's hands now. They're like, well, that doesn't mean your God gave you a brain, so you better use it. You I, know? I, I do love, and not to redo what thousands of other people have done or talked about, but that whole story with like the person stuck in the hole and people keep coming by and asking if they need help. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, I need, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. God. And like, well, I sent know, five guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I, I, I it's, someone out there has not heard that story and just heard our explanation of it's like, I, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> um, but, but to pull us back in a little bit, uh, just a little bit, I, I love the whole saint stuff. I right. love the whole patron saint thing. I like the idea of that. Right. Right. So there are other people apparently though that were the patron saints of beering, and this I'm looking at the CatholicExchange.com. Funny enough, is a website I'm on. Um, we have Saint Gambrinus. Yeah. You know of him? Yes. And oh, Jesus. Okay, so... I mean, oh, St. Gambrinus. Yeah, okay, so St. Gambrinus, the only reason I know about this is is a very, very closely related to a Dionysus-type figure. Um, and the reason I know about it is because my family, we raised Catholic, we celebrate Mardi Gras. All right. Do you, do you feel you need to be Catholic to celebrate Mardi Gras, or do you feel that other people celebrating Mardi Gras when they're not Catholic is is they a hindrance on you? Like, do no, you no, feel no, no, stealing no. I'm your... saying they might not know a lot of the history behind it. Okay. Okay. So, if if for whatever reason people don't know this, Mardi Gras is a, is a literal translation. It's French for Fat Tuesday or Tuesday Fat. Tuesday fat, yeah. Tuesday Sorry. fat. <laughs> I happen to. I don't know. I don't know if you know this about me. I took two years of French and 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 passed with like a like a C plus. Oh, C plus. C is for college. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Fat Tuesday is the day before Ash Wednesday, and it's the whole concept of Lent is giving up something and self reflecting in preparation for Easter. And Easter is when Jesus comes back from the dead and we all celebrate. And so Lent is a time of self-reflection. Well, the hypocritical side is, oh, well, Lent ain't here yet. So the last day we're going to celebrate our asses off before we fast. So where's the baby and the cake come from? King cake? I don't know. King cake is so delicious. Oh, man. That stuff Uh, is so good. Okay, so for people who don't know, king cake is basically a giant croissant cake in a ring. And it's filled with a cream cheese icing and then topped with icing and sprinkles and stuff. And they stuff a baby. A real live one. <laughs> yeah. A, real a whole baby. <laughs> no, a little plastic figurine that John has a rough time with the word figurine, apparently. Is it an action figure? Uh, it could be. It could be. Ooh, a baby action fi- figure. Yeah. I, I, there are... So sometimes my mind goes in really weird, like demented places, and I had a list of just like bad names for this action figure of a baby being stuffed in a cake. <laughs> I just want to let you know that I'm not going to say what they were, but they were locked and loaded and ready to be fired. Continue. <laughs> All right. So the king cake is after you start serving it, serving, serving, and the idea is whoever gets the baby is going to have good luck for the rest of the year. 
It didn't work that year. I I guess it technically did. I when I was in my French class, I got the baby. Oh, okay. And luckily, I never knocked anyone up that year. I don't even know if I was, you know, <laughs> doing anything that could. Well, right? I think this was I think this was ninth grade, so I probably wasn't. In that regard, then you great success. <laughs> yeah, and and I passed the class barely because I was in a group with two really smart people. There you go. So I guess it wins. I guess it works. Yeah. So anyway, the going back to gambrinus, okay, patron saint of, of beer or drinking or whatever, it, you know. Yeah, okay. It's probably, I don't know the full history about it, but in Mardi Gras, there is a parade that is named after him. Really? Yes, there's a crew that uh, that has named their crew, Crew de Gambrinus, and... A crew? A crew. Okay, so a crew is a group of people that get together. They, they host sponsorships. They usually raise money for charitable events, but they also put on parades for Mardi Gras. Okay, so my goal one day is to have my own crew. And uh, Would you become a crew chief? Yes, you have you, Mardi Gras. I don't know why that's funny to me. You, 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 you say chief, but actually being... The king and queen of the crew, you would be, you could be a Mardi Gras Indian. Have you ever heard of Mardi Gras Indians? I mean, so so is this like the the uh, non PC term Indian or the PC term Indian? This is the non PC term. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So back in um, the eighteen seventeen and eighteen hundreds in Louisiana, um, the Creole culture. In, oh, good food. Good food, right. The Native Americans actually had more rights than blacks. And so what would happen would be the blacks would dress like Indians and pass themselves off as Indian because they got more rights. And so they would also parade during Mardi Gras. And so then they became known as the Mardi Gras Indians. And it's typically the African American community dressing up very fancifully huge costumes um if any of your listeners look them up it's it is a great tradition you know to be so being a mardi gras or a crew chief is not actually that far out of the question <laughs> okay i don't know once again i don't know why it made me chuckle to begin with but i'm glad you were able to explain that you you are blowing me away today right like so when it comes to podcasting right uh, i mean i've been podcasting for about a year now I've done a few different shows. I've had shows evolve, but I've always seen myself as like I have the voice, I have the the, the hype level, I have the, I can I, I I'm like the radio host type guy that can smooth and smarmy. I I've never been called smarmy in my life, and the only thing's never mind. I'm not going with what's smooth. Um, <laughs> but. Well, but your head like, sure is. <laughs> thanks, jerk. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and I can look some stuff up here and there and whatever else, right? And I can talk about, hey, this is what's going on in the world. And I and I feel I can have intelligent conversations with sure. people because I'm an, I feel I'm an intelligent and, and level-headed person. But you are blowing me away with this random knowledge you have of all these things, which makes this show, like, this show has potential of being great because apparently, like, this is where your passion lies. I win a lot of trivia contests. Are you going to start going to trivia at Backfish? Uh, do they have one? They started having one like Wednesdays. I could, yes. Do you want to go? I, I do you want to be on a winning team? I've always wanted to be on a winning team, but never have. Yeah. Um, Put it this way. 
a group of my friends, they would go to a local brewery on, I think it was Wednesdays as well, and they had their trivia night. <laughs> the first day they went, I didn't go because I was working late or something. And uh, they ended up in 21st place out of like 22 teams, you know. Well, the next time I actually got to go, we ended up in 7th place. We'll, we'll talk about this off the air. I've got an idea. I've got a third person we need to add to this group. I'm literally going to be the mascot. Uh, <laughs> so it's cool. I'm, I am okay with this. Um, okay. Uh, but back to Saints. Back um, to Saint Greg. Gr- Gambrinus. So according to this article here, which is the Catholic Exchange, which in theory knows something, um, they don't even know if he was a real person. Well, the idea was like we go back to the, the origin of Saints. When uh, the Romans legalized Christianity in, um, what was it, the 400, early 400s or late 300s, somewhere in there, they finally made it the official religion of the Roman Empire. Uh, the Catholic Church became more codified in the uh, council. It's, it's, they had a big meeting, and they finally standardized the religion at that point it became the catholic religion it wasn't these it wasn't the gnostic christians it wasn't just jews that thought christ was a cool prophet it wasn't the romans it wasn't uh, the turkish christian church you know and so the roman uh bishop at that point in time apparently one because it's known as the Roman Catholic Church, right? Yeah. And they standardized their beliefs onto the rest of the Christian communities and basically standardized the the storyline. Mostly because Rome is like the heart of Catholicism now. It is now. But in the beginning, the heart of Catholicism was actually Greek. Almost all the early texts were written in Greek and Aramaic, which is another form of Greek. I, I like the emphasis you put when using the word Greek. Greek. Uh, at that time you overemphasized it but oh. yes you, you were still putting this like Greek like it, it was I don't know I don't know what you were doing but I I, well, I just wanted this. to let people know that it was in Greek it was in Greek <laughs> so they went Greek right and so then after a time once the Romans legalized it well it switched to Latin and Latin became the official language of the church but okay so then the Romans extremely militaristic and expansion oriented right well, but they knew something about conquering people, and they learned. I bet you they learned this from Alexander the Great. When you conquer a people, you don't take their religion. You don't take their. Uh, you, you, their you let them be who they are. You let them be who they are, and you just let them send you money. <laughs> I mean, for in exchange of protection and. So 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 basically, they were the the mob. Right. Right, basically. Well, on a larger scale. Well, in reality, every government is the mob, right? You pay them for protection and services, right? <laughs> that is, okay, one, I've never thought of it that way. And two, that is a horrible way to think about it, but super <laughs> accurate. Well, when there's a void in organization and in, in civilization and area and a, an unsanctioned, quote unquote, I'm making air quotes for everybody who can't see. Which is everyone but me. <laughs> it, and you have an area that is void of all that security and a, a mob steps in and provides that semblance of security. What, what point is it different from a government? Now, I didn't say it was a good government or a bad government, but it is a government of some type. Well, sure, because I mean, a government's just a ruling entity. Right. It's just, it's a ruling entity within another bigger one that is like, no, we want to rule. <laughs> so it's unsaint. It's 
basically a rebellion in reality. So, dog the, just almost fell over. Oh man. Um, so when the Romans conquered a people, they left them all their stuff. But as the Catholic faith started spreading, they started convincing other. They would con- convert people by, oh, your God, so and so. Well, that will make him a saint in our religion. And so then, the saints became started gaining attributes of these old gods from other cultures. You know, and that's when the saints came marching. In. In. Yes, yes. And so that's why they can't really say, they're like, well, we don't even know if this was a real person. Because the propaganda machine at the time was to just convert the old gods of that particular culture into saints for the new, for the new religion that was spreading the land. That is smart. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is super smart. Don't, if you can't beat them, join them. I mean, or it's actually, if you can't. If you don't want them to beat you one day, have them join you. Right. It's almost more of a... Right. It's, it's a way to give people their culture, but still have safe face on... And gain followers. Okay. You know. Um, it, it's kind of a long con. The, I do enjoy the long con. So, a couple more just to go through here before we, before we wrap all this up. Uh, St. Augustine? Yes. Apparently, the Doctor of Grace... Is a patriot saint of many things, which, by the way, here's my issue. You want to hear my issue? I'm going to go off on this for a second. I have this issue. And we're going to use Chris Hardwick for an example. You know who Chris Hardwick is? I would have to look the name up. He, uh, you ever heard of the show At Midnight? No. Uh, I think it's a Comedy Central show. He has a a game show now that's basically like Plinko. <laughs> right? I forgot what it's called. The Wall, I think, maybe. Okay. Dude's good looking. Nice looking guy. Perfect hair. Full head of perfect hair. I hear a hint of jealousy there. No, no. That's exactly where this is going, right? (laughs) He owns a a network that does a bunch of podcasts, The Nerdist, which is uh, a bunch of podcasts of different types um, and and reviews and and talking about all different things. He's also a stand-up comedian. He's also obviously very intelligent. He's a hard worker. I mean, the dude has earned it. Like, I have no ill will towards this guy. He has earned it. But he has been graced with more than his fair share. Like, I I am missing something, and I think at least some of what I'm missing went to him. Right? This is my theory. Now, let's go back to this St. Augustine. He is the patron saint of many things. Shouldn't you just get one? Maybe they had one god that was badass in a lot of things you know but he's saint augustine i don't think this guy was no, ever this a was god a, this was a real guy yeah saint augustine was a real guy very well documented prolific he is a, he was one of the biggest philosophers in the christian faith he set a lot of teachings a lot of when i was growing up a lot of the priests and bishops referenced saint augustine as a guide to how you should uh, discern your life, you know. So he he is extremely well written on many subjects. If you were ever interested to read any of his uh, writings, even from a non-religious point of view, they ask some really he asks some really difficult questions that are, and he doesn't he doesn't give you an answer, but he just <laughs> <laughs> jerk dang dang. But it, it's more he was more of a Christian philosopher in the pure sense of the form. Okay, he also got more than his share. Okay, he had well. his cake and ate it too. Which okay, by the way, that is a real thing. You can have your cake and eat it too. Have we? No, have we talked? No, you can't. 
Yes, you can. Have you ever looked at? I, I heard someone talk about why that's a, why that's a saying, and I never thought about it before. Now let's picture this: you're you're at your wedding, all right? Your 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 bride is like, this cake is beautiful. I want to keep this forever, but she's also like, I want to eat it. Once you eat it, you can't keep it forever, can you? So therefore, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Have your cake, then eat it too. Yeah, then eat it later, but then you don't have it still. Like This blew me away when I heard the explanation of what that saying is. That means. actually makes a lot of sense. Doesn't it? Yes. And there's some other sayings that we'll get into late off air that I want to bring up to you. I'm very scared about what you mean right now. Okay. St. Luke the Evangelist. Yes. Do you know of this guy? Yes. You, you Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ. Who don't you know about? Catholic. I grew up Catholic. I know all these guys. You know all these guys. We hung out. We're buds. Yeah. They lived down the street. We played ball together. Mm-hmm. Uh, In my head, I have a picture of St. Luke the Evangelist. He's a blonde guy. Yeah. With a full Fun, beard. Funny story. Not blonde. Ah! <laughs> no! My, my dream is shattered. So this is the guy that wrote the Gospel of Luke. Yes. Yeah. He got stuck there between Matthew, Mark, and John. Which, I mean, maybe it's a good place. I don't know. Uh, holy man, patron of everything from goldsmiths to lace makers to sculptors. He's also another patron saint of brewers. Really? Yeah. Like, seriously? All of them. And you got to hang out with the dude? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. But okay. like I said, these, these uh, the apostles especially were really used as replacement figures for the old cultures. And so they started taking on the attributes of those other gods. And Okay, so this thing ends with, it says, if anyone can explain to me the connection between St. Luke and brewing, I'll be much obliged. So it could be one of those things where just like, hey, we need this guy to cover this thing for you people over there. Here you go. No, I completely agree with that statement right there. Like, for instance, say say the guy riding in on the horse who's a Christian guy and say he only knows about, like, of three of the apostles, you know, you know, because he forgot all the names of the other nine, you know. He was like, oh, crap. They got nine gods, but I only got three dudes. Each one of these is going to get three gods. <laughs> okay. I see that. Okay. So good, good on you, Luke. Uh, thanks for writing that book. Uh, Saint Wenceslas. Wenceslas. Okay, that's actually how I... He is... You've heard the song... Um, you've never heard that song? Is Saint Wenceslas? Good King Wenceslas? No. Look him up. He's actually... A, this is a real figure. He's a Czech. He is a Czech king. Good King Wenceslas. Has a song. Does he? Yes, has a song. Uh... St. Wenceslaus, Duke of Bohemia. Yeah, Bohemia. Don't want to go to Catholic.org. FranciscanMedia.com. I mean, I've got options here. The internet's a wonderful thing. Are you all into the Bohemians? Statue I, of St. Wenceslaus in St. Vitus Cathedral in Prague. The head of the statue apparently fits the measurements of a Wenceslaus' skull. You, when the moment I play this song off my laptop, you're gonna be like, duh. What song are you trying to play here? Here. Wait, wait for it. Yeah, the internet's a wonderful thing until it's not. Yeah, what are you doing? See, if you had headphones, I would just pull it up on this computer. 
and play it into the recording. That's okay. I want to tell you that I don't know how many people will ever hear this episode. You're going to be the only one that knows this song. Nope. You've never heard this melody. The melody sounds familiar, but there's probably a number of hymns that sound that way, right? Nope, this is it. Oh, this is the only song that sounds this way. I like how <laughs> definitively you said that. Because it is. Okay. So so tell me about this guy. Why is he important? Okay. This guy united the Czech people and actually created a kingdom. Uh, and it was a Christian kingdom. And so... And he, this was basically the height of the Czech, uh, the Czechoslovakia area, the height of that, uh, basically their golden age. And he was their king. And so they, basically, they made him the guy, you know, and after his death, they eventually made him a saint. Man. So, so let's go back a couple weeks now. Right, that's not much history. But let's go back a couple of weeks to when you and I first started having this conversation. So, so I, I've talked about on other shows how I, I was taking martial arts for about a year. Never did it as a kid. My kids, I, I wanted my son to get into it. My daughter ended up getting into it. So I was like, screw it, I'll do it too. And that's how you and I met. Right. Uh, a year passed by. Um, you left me for the higher level class. Um, which I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Like all of a sudden class just, I mean, you also, your job started getting in the way of you being able to make it all that often. Right. And so class just got really like, I was talking to less. I was actually talking with one of the instructors about the lower level class. And she, she was like very depressed about after I had left the class, like just the spirit of the class has just gone down. Which one? Oh, uh, what's Um, her name with the short hair? Alana Quanjanim. Oh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so there was that, right? And then my son stopped going, and I mean, I have plenty of issues with being on Mega Class, so I stopped going. So we, right. so, so, so you messaged me. Long story short, you messaged me. This conversation about doing this started coming up, right? And, uh, you know, we started talking about history, and you're like, oh yeah, like doing that stuff. I, like, I figured that you must have some kind of a of, of a desire for history and knowledge of history, and I sure. love history. Like, if I could teach a class. In school, if I was a teacher, I would want to be a history teacher, sure, or government, but mostly to corrupt young minds. Um, I did not realize what I was getting into. Like, I didn't realize how much like things I would say. Now, now, my goal for next episode is, is to out trivia me, not to out trivia <laughs> you, but to have like whatever we talk about because we don't even know what our topic's going to be. Sure, is going to be find something that you are just like I had no idea that was a thing ever. <laughs> like, this is my goal now. Yeah. Yeah, which is, it's funny, like, the list of saints you just brought up. Now, granted, I had a I had a little bit of an edge on you because I was raised Catholic, but four out of the five or three out of the four, yeah, those are common, those are common names that uh, almost, probably if you've been going to Catholic, I went to also, I went to Catholic school for a few years too, so it kind of helps. How was your skirt? Oh, uh, well, hmm. you can tell, you tell when there was a draft. that's who we prayed to (laughs) i don't know what you're hinting at there and i'm just gonna let that go on okay well you under your breath you said oh jesus oh okay (laughs) um i think that's it 
Yeah. I think I this mean, is this has been History and Hops episode one. Yeah. Now, I say this has been History and Hops episode one until I actually have this submitted into iTunes. It cannot be officially like I guess someone could sneak in and grab it before me. But I had to have an episode recorded to be able to secure that in iTunes. Sure, sure. No, I've had a great time. This has been really fun. Uh, getting, yeah. in, getting into subjects that don't necessarily flow, but hey, it's kind of a, what, what do they call it? A stream of consciousness. And, 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 and that's like, I cannot do, like I cannot work off show notes. Right? I, went on right. a show, I went on a show recently, one of my favorite shows that I listen to. This guy's called The Mega Dads. I love him to death. And I got asked to be on their show. They don't normally have guests. I got asked to be on the show. And he sent me the show notes. And I look at him like, what is this? <laughs> like, very rigid, very structured. It, it, I mean, it's not. And, and apparently, so it's these two brothers, and one of them basically just like crumbles up the show notes and throws them away. Oh, like, okay, okay. But, but it's like, I can't operate that way. Like, and I like the way, and I wasn't sure. Going this, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. Right, I knew we were going to talk about some stuff. But we went off. I mean, we went off. But that's perfect. Right, like I, that's how I need to operate. Good, right? Good. So, um, we will be back at some point. I don't know when, because like right now we might be monthly. We might be more. We gotta figure this out. We gotta figure life out some happens, schedule. and hopefully we're more stable than we think we are. But yeah, well, I mean, my problem is I work shift work, and right. you work a normal work schedule. I yes, but I could get called at any moment. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like with, with some other shows, I do. Like I work shift work, but he worked an off schedule. Oh man! So so it it actually opens up more time for us to do things. Okay. Like more than you would expect. Sure. Right? Sure. So hopefully hopefully we'll be able to work this down, uh, lock it down to a more. Um, uh, it'll it'll either be monthly or or biweekly. We can always record ahead of time and drop them whenever we want to because we're not talking about anything specifically topical. Uh, so that's the plan. Now I need to give a special thank you to uh, to someone here if I can find my mouse and get it over here. To, and I'm gonna I'm going to mess this up. So if you listen to this, I'm sorry. Carl Christian Krumpoltz. Krumpoltz? This is okay. So if you see the artwork that we have for the show, I love this. I stumbled across it trying to get some ideas. I'm not an artist. And it's Thomas Jefferson, uh uh it's what so Jefferson Washington and um You could just look at the picture. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't <laughs> want to you we don't have any pride here come on um uh benjamin and, and, franklin and benjamin franklin and it's this kind of creepyish looking picture of them with these bizarre smiles in a comic booky fashion and they're all drinking beer and that i thought was just like the perfect picture and i i sent i sent a message out to the guy and i was like hey i like this picture would you let me use it for like a little small picture for a podcast and i didn't ever expect to hear back and for a little while i didn't and then he did like he sent me a message back he's like yeah sure he's like He's like, um, as long as you give me the credit for it, which I'm, I mean, I'll actually happy oh, to do yeah. or whatever. Yeah. He's like, he's like, do you need it in color? I'm like, oh, and I was like, no, no. Like, I, I kind of like, I like the black and white. I don't know what you think, right? Uh, Honestly, no. For, I think it's great. You know, I mean, yeah. And, and to who, me, to me, the conversation we had today, I could totally imagine guys like that sitting around drinking beers and harping on like, where'd the saints come from? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So I have to give a big thanks to him. Uh, if you look in the show notes, uh, there will be all the links to all his stuff. I, I, I had him send me all his social media stuff. Um, and his artwork is great. Like, And I don't know I don't know a lot about it. I think he might sell some stuff. I don't know. But check it out. His artwork is really fantastic. Um, besides that, thanks for listening. Um, we'll be back 
and we'll be back with some other random topic that we'll probably talk about other stuff other than that topic. And more beer. And more beer. We'll have to see what our next one is. My, my idea, um, and, and, and we don't always have to go with my idea, so feel free to always speak up. I want to try to like find random stuff we haven't tried. And like yeah. bring it in because yeah. if you go to like I mean you go to H E B right for those who are not from this area and don't have H E B uh, it's a it's a a I like to think of it as a nice grocery store yeah it's a it's a Texas regional grocer they try to do locally sourced yeah but they have stuff. a really and good they beer have selection extremely good alcoholic beverage selection yeah. yeah and so I need to get some like some clown shoes beer in here at some point I've never had it but it looks mm-hmm. insane we might have to have an episode where we just pick a beer based on the bottle alone about how awesome the bottle is yes oh then it's gonna be clown shoes clown shoes has the best bottles oh so anyway thanks for listening uh, I know it's been a long show but I don't know how often we're coming out so a long show is what you get um you can hit me up on the Twitters if you have questions or comments or want to tell me how terrible I am or how much smarter you know Morgan is. You can hit me up at Johnny underscore casino. There's no H in the Johnny. Do you do social media? I do not. I am off. I am off. You're off the grid. I'm I, off the grid. I do not. I do. Honestly, I do not like to be out and about in a public way typically. So this is actually really abnormal for me to do. Yeah. I, before I started doing podcast i like i basically walked away from facebook i have an account i use it mostly for saving I, I games use, on my phone i use facebook to organize events because it's the only place where i could uh invite everybody at once oh nice and i get a head count so i know exactly how much food and drink to buy wow mm-hmm. that's way more organized than i think i've ever been in my life well yearly we put on a crawfish boil uh, down here in the south, we have crawfish. They're not baby lobsters. They are a completely separate brand. Do you think baby lobsters would be delicious? Uh, buttered right anything is delicious. <laughs> 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 but anyway, we do crawfish boil, and I have correctly guessed exactly how much uh, crawfish we need for everything, thanks to Facebook events. Okay, so... Um, but but if you want to say anything at all, good or bad, you give me a Johnny underscore Casino. Um, if you're listening to episode one, odds are you already follow me there, and that's how you knew there was an episode one. Over time, there will be more people. But thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out and having beer with me. All right, take it easy. And we'll talk to you whatever the next episode is. If I can find my mouse and hit the stop button.